Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Welcome in. The program is called Balloon Party, and all it does is win awards. So many awards. Too many to count. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Every weekend, I'm going to award shows. I'm running out of tuxes. Thank you. Uh, welcome in. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. The gentleman standing across from me is Action Jackson, and uh, his Sports Center update is only 28 minutes away. That's operating on the premise that I handle the clock properly, and that's currently at about plus 1,200. You and Nathaniel Hackett. 1,200. Oh, wow. Yeah. Timely, witty, topical, and cutting. Yeah. Wonderful. This is why we win awards. Yep. It's it's the little details. I, I I was looking at that thing last night, talking about Monday Night Football, Nathaniel Hackett, the coach of the Broncos. How many people do you think know that in the audience right now? We like arbitrary percentages. 30. Know that Nathaniel know who Nathaniel Hackett was upon your cutting cutting attack. Thirty five percent. That's a good number because that puts me to the test. I think that's right in the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, had had he operated the clock properly, it wouldn't have affected the spread. But my understanding of that game, and here's a little gambling tip for those of you who are interested in this, is uh, we do a podcast called the Pick 6 Podcast, and it's on the TMA podcast feed. If you ever want to listen to TMA, and I know you all do, uh, we have our own app, TMASTL, and on that uh, podcast feed where Balloon Party is, along with on 101 ESPNs, and my podcast, uh, we do this gambling podcast, and one of the gentlemen on it, the uh, the great G Unit, said the public's most popular game, as in the game that people who are not necessarily winning gamblers, yeah. i.e. us, <laughs> were on this week in the NFL, was the Denver Broncos minus seven. So what did I do? I don't even really know who's playing on these teams. And before I had to run to my son's soccer practice, I go, oh, I got to go put some money real quick on the Seahawks. Right. Because you fade the public. public. Now, it's not absolute, Jackson. It's not absolute. But I would tell you, in my experience, it's about 75%. And in gambling, if you can go above 55% against the spread, you're profitable. You go 75% pick where you want to live right you just got to be comfortable doing it because it's not comfortable doing i'm going man i am placing a wager on geno smith right that's what i'm doing right but it worked out so even if nathaniel hackett head coach of the broncos first game uh being called clueless in seattle in the denver post this morning Mm. uh had managed the clock properly the broncos would not have covered the seven point spread right nor would it have affected the total which was 42 in that game's final score was 17 to 16. right 
But people tease. People tease. Oh, did you have a little taste on this? No, I stayed away from it. I'm not. I don't do single game like that. I like. I like putting a little action when there's like, like the early slate of the Sunday games because it's fun. Because we're going back to this game, watching Red Zone. But when it's just one single game on. Unless it's like a big game, like Super Bowl or college football playoff. The Abilene Christian game. Abilene Christian Mizzou, right? Uh, right. The the true national championship. Good for um, you. Good for you. I I tend not to put any action. Plus, I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't see it well yesterday. The only thing I would have thought was like under on Russell Wilson's passing yards, but I didn't. I stayed away from it yesterday. It was Seahawks all day long. Yeah, it was. It was all. And, and that's based. That's not based on a lick of football knowledge. That's just based on what I have seen over about twenty-five years of observing this stuff. Yeah. When the public is on everybody one side, then you got to go against it. It's just the way that it works. It's a weird deal. Now you're not going to hit all the time. No, nothing but, in gambling's ever. You know, but if 100%. you can get a healthy percentage, that is the that is the move. So yeah, that's why Nathaniel Hackett has taken the high hard one this morning from uh, critics all across the country, but especially in Denver. Here in St. Louis, the Brewers are coming to town. Tra la, tra la, mm. and the Cardinals will uh, see Corbin Burns. Yeah. This evening. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we have an updated number from Jackson on Albert Pujols hitting 700 home runs. 44%. It went down and the man didn't play a game. Yeah, that 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 hurts. It makes no sense. It, makes, it doesn't make any sense. What, did you have new information over the last 24 hours? Because it was 45% yesterday and somehow it's to 44%. A day off hurts. You got to, every day matters, Tim. And when you take days off. The team took the day off. The player didn't. Listen. Excuses, excuses. Nah, I don't know. I, I think, like I said, I cannot wait to Venmo you 20 bucks. It'll be the happiest money I'll ever lose. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, keep bragging about how much money of uh, daddy's money you can throw around, little douche. That's from the 636. I just said I didn't bet the game. I'll tell you what, if you can land a jab on Jackson in the first segment, that's when he tunes out the text inbox and throws his hands in the air by the time he has to do the Sports Center update. I'm just telling you, I've watched this over the last nine months. Yeah, yeah. You've, someone's already landed one to the jaw that kind of shook me. What in the hell is your problem? That could be directed at any of yeah. us at any moment at any time. Yeah, you're going to have to be way more specific. Uh, Burns is starting tomorrow. Ah, hell, I don't know. Right. They're all starting pitchers. Uh, Tim, how do we find out uh, where the public money is? Thanks. That's from Southside Don. There are a few sites that, uh, I'll, I'll, you know what, during a uh, commercial break, I'll pull up one of the places to go for that because that is something that I do like to observe, and I've got it stored on a few of my uh, yeah. my favorites. Uh, Tim, I had three bets, Seattle plus 6.5, under 44, and Albert O plus 3.5 receptions. Thanks. That's from Chunk and the Chuck. Well, you oh. got your Albert O bet, the former Missouri tight end. You got your under, and you got the Seahawks. So yeah. tip of the cap. Well done. Don't spend it all in one place. Matt Bush starting tonight. Thank you very much. Yeah, Burns, I think, was supposed to start on I thought tonight. so, too. But it's Wayne versus Corbin on uh, Wednesday. That'll be a Jim Dandy in Montgomery tonight. Unless that's changed. No, Montgomery tonight. Thank you. Uh, Tim, you are wrong about Corbin Burns pitching tonight. It's a bullpen game for the Brewers. Thank you. That's from the 636. Yes, I was wrong. And I would like to apologize. Right, right. Twitter. You got to go on Twitter. Apologize. One of my burner accounts. Right, one of your couple burner accounts. I was looking. I mean, well, when we talked about pools and the home runs and Jackson betting against it, for the record. Uh, we were talking yesterday that, well, it's a Corbin Burns day on Tuesday, so that's probably not going to lend itself. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I will pose this question to you. Is Albert Pools in the starting lineup tonight since it's a bullpen game for the Brewers? 
I'll say no. Would you like to try to get your $20 that you're going to lose back right here? Because I am all in on yes. No, I'll stay out. Just like the Monday Night Football game last night, I'm going to stay away from gambling on it. But it's a righty, so Matt Bush is a right-hander. I know it's a bullpen game, but the starting pitcher will be The man be has seven games in St. Louis before a an eight-game road trip. Hey. The team I, has I an eight-game lead. Yeah. Albert Pools is in the lineup tonight is where my wager is. Okay. I'll wager with the audience, too. Can we set up our own little sports book? <laughs> What's the Missouri policy on that? Little Piddle sports book. <laughs> Welcome to the Little Piddle sports book. A picture of the me. Two with... morons doing a show for an hour in the middays. Yeah. Take bets with the listeners. Yep. Very profitable industry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure they would love that. <laughs> what a little enterprise that would be. Uh, guys, I know the odds for the Blues to win the Stanley Cup. It's 3,000 to 1. That ain't true. That's from the 636. I assure you that ain't true. I would guess it's probably 25 to 1. I'll find out. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine it's in the plus two thousand to plus twenty five hundred range. That would be my guess. Uh, let's see. Jackson thinks that Albert still needs to be at the ballpark, hitting home runs every day, going above and beyond. This guy is going to keep giving us WNBA updates. Thanks. That's from the six three six. A lot of truth in that text. Hey, dip ass. Matt Bush <laughs> is a reliever. I am telling you, you might go Mike Tyson. Spinks here today. I right. mean, they are coming at you hard, and they are coming at you fast. Listen, I understand that he is a relief pitcher, but he is the starting pitcher tonight. It's a bullpen game, right? But it doesn't. But there's some, why, someone. Why, has are, to, why are you on a satellite delay? So, someone has to pitch the like. Someone has to make the first pitch. No, I, I was agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Telling you, you're going to be able to get him today. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Meanwhile, the NHL thing won't pop up. Oh, God. This is so bad. It's so bad, it's good. 65780 is how you can text in Air Comfort Service. Text line. Uh, Jackson has sent over, despite the indications otherwise, some wonderful questions uh, for today's radio program. And even though they're Jackson's questions, I shall read them. Uh, here, I'll set the stage for you with the first question. As the Cardinals head into the final stretch of their season, there is definitely a lot to watch for as we conclude the 22-22 regular season campaign. I felt like that sentence was redundant, all due respect. Obviously, we are all patiently waiting to see if Albert smacks his 700th homer, and also hoping we see Paul Goldschmidt complete his quest for a triple crown. However, it also seems like a good opportunity to fine-tune things and find out who can do what come the postseason. Outside of Albert and Goldschmidt, what are three things you are looking for that will give you the most hope come October? And what are some things that you hope not to see in the final few weeks of the season? I think that's a wonderful question. Thank you. I don't think many people are thinking that way mm-hmm. um, because most people don't necessarily think down the road, especially while they're in the midst of enjoying something. People are enjoying the Cardinals winning, enjoying seeing Albert Pujols hit home runs. I don't think the Goldschmidt thing is as on the radar as uh, the first two, but that's because he's not leading um, categories by himself. He's tied in RBIs and trailing and batting average and home runs. And I don't think Goldschmidt's necessarily really all that locked in on it himself. So with all of that said, uh, I do have some answers on that, a variety of them, because I do compare the potential 
of what we've seen with the Cardinals' successful October and failed Octobers with relatively recent Octobers, and I will cite examples as such and also give you some things that I would like to see and some things that I would like to see not take place, and I would like to hear yours, 65780, or you can use the 101 ESPN app to leave a mic drop. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you for one hour here, and we welcome you to get involved on the show. We posed the question leading into our first commercial break of Balloon Party. What would you like to see over the final 21 games for the Cardinals leading into the playoffs, and what are you really hoping not to see uh, coming into October? Uh, And uh, Jackson, uh, obviously one that uh, just kind of goes without saying injuries. Right. So we'll just check that box. That, yeah, that's all of encompassing. Of course. You don't want to see that. So what do we want to see? What do we want to see? You kind of want to see someone, especially hopefully in the outfield, whether it be Dickerson, O'Neill, Newt Barr, really catch fire. Because if you look at like 06 and 11, there's guys who aren't necessarily your star players who got really hot come October and were huge influences. David Eckstein and David Freeze being two immediately off the bat who, when you look at the lineup in April, don't think... You know, these are going to be guys who are hitting about 260, but they'll give us something. But they became really big stars. So whether that be Brendan Donovan, Lars Newbark, uh, Dickerson, whoever that might be, seeing one of them start to catch a little bit of fire heading into October would be really encouraging. Uh, I agree with you. I would be more specific. I would actually say Tyler O'Neill because I feel like he has the highest ceiling. Sure. He, I don't want to say he can carry a team, but to have somebody who would be hitting in the middle of the order uh, lurking around Arnato and Goldschmidt – uh, giving them some semblance of protection, that is really important. And sure. we've seen what his ceiling can be recently, albeit it was a little last year. That's of great importance. Another one, if Jack Flaherty can be Jack Flaherty, yeah. and, and by Jack Flaherty, I mean Jack Flaherty of like 75% of 2019, Seriously. that is a huge weapon yeah. to have. Yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily saying they need to have that because this team has gotten to where they are uh, without it for the vast majority, and I mean the vast majority of 2022, but that is one that has another. Because I'm looking at ceiling plays. In order to win a World Series, it's not about your floor. It's about your ceiling. It's about things firing on all cylinders at the right time and avoiding slumps at the wrong time. Now, I know that sounds very obvious, but let's use some recent examples. 2004. The best Cardinal team, many Cardinal fans will say they've ever seen, or if you're under the age of 50, you would say that's the team. I always say the 85 team and the 04 team. Neither one won the World Series. Both were in the World Series. And uh, with one of them, in the case of the Cardinals in 85, they were good enough to do it, but uh, didn't have Vince Coleman, and he was a huge part of it. And the team ran into some great pitching. Uh, obviously an unfortunate call in Game 6, and they lose three or four games to lose the World Series in seven. Against the Red Sox, it wasn't necessarily a case of the Cardinals being bad so much as the Red Sox being great. So we see an example in 85 of a team slumping at the wrong time and, and also the umpiring thing. We also see in 04 just running into the proverbial team that was on an absolute mission once they had won four straight against the Yankees. And then at that moment, uh, the Cardinals just kind of became uh, the next obstacle because they had really slayed the Giant and beating the Yankees. In recent history, 
I think guys who were on both teams would tell you the 2006 and 2011 teams weren't the better teams of, of the Cardinal playoff teams over the last 22 seasons. But yet they're the ones who got the hottest at the right time. And the 2012 team was a wild card team that was a win away, up 3-1 to one on the Giants that didn't get in. But then by the time Game 7 rolled around in San Francisco, I don't know how many people in St. Louis had any faith that the Cardinals could win that game. It just quick, quick, tur- quickly turns around and it can be really bad or it can be really good. And for the Giants, it was really good. For the Cardinals, it was really bad. So how do you look at this thing from the Cardinal standpoint? You need to have your great players perform. That goes without saying. But what happens in a postseason is somebody emerges who you aren't thinking about. Yeah. And that's just the way that it has been. I feel like, you know, oftentimes the World Series MVP, you cited David Eckstein as one, um, and Freeze is another. But you don't just have to look at those kinds of players who aren't MVP candidates during the regular season they emerge because you will have guys like David Ortiz carry a team. But when it gets down to it, you need some of the supplemental pieces to come through. And from my standpoint, that's where the Tyler O'Neill thing comes into play with the everyday players. It's not necessary, but then it brings the Cardinals to a more likely probability of getting there because what they're going to deal with, and this is the thing that's the biggest issue for me watching the Cardinals, is how the offense performs when they go up against take your pick of whomever. And and I realize most of the focus at the moment is on the Braves, Mets, and Dodgers, but they're still going to have to get most likely past the Padres. Yep. It's not like the Padres are going to toss out guys who give up big numbers. They have some guys who can deal there, and they're yep. going to have to beat them. Yep. You Darvish, Osgrove. Yep. Uh, so the Cardinals are going to have to navigate going up against the San Diego Padres or the Phillies. And get through that, and you cannot afford one bad game. Yeah, and you can be, and you are facing elimination twenty four hours later. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think seeing guy like if Jordan Hicks can really find his stuff and be an, a weapon out of the bullpen, that's such a that's, that could carry it because in twenty eleven and two thousand six, you saw really, really, really good bullpen play, and you know you're not as worried about Helsley, but if you can get like Gallegos and Hicks really throwing their best stuff, that'd be really, really exciting to see. So that is the thing that I keep an eye on is who is going to be popping at the right time at the same time. And I can't recall if this was an article or I don't know what it was listening to David Freeze talking about how he really wasn't playing well going into October of 2011. Mm -hmm. So even if it isn't going well, it can turn around. But, you know, I used this example the other day, Jackson, because I hold on to this team perhaps more than than most Cardinal fans do. In 2009, the reason I hold on to it is it was the only year that you had both Adam Wainwright and Chris Carpenter healthy, really, truly healthy. Right. Not just, you know, Carpenter was in a tough spot in 2012 health-wise, but he was pitching. Uh, They were top two, or excuse me, two of the top three spots in the Cy Young. Lincecum won it. And that team, to me, had, you know, Pujols and Holiday. Ryan Ludwig was raking. Yep. That team was a world championship caliber team. Absolutely. Now they got swept. And if you look at the month before, they were just kind of spiraling. From September 11th on, they spiraled and they never turned it around. Meanwhile, I would imagine the team that for most people around here, they hold on to most dearly because of the glamour of that World Series, the 2011 Cardinals, they were hotter than hell in September. Yeah. So more often than not, the way a team enters the postseason carries over yeah 
And while the Yankees have gotten it going a little bit here lately overall for the last two months, they have been struggling. So therefore, unless something turns around, and I realize they have some injuries that could turn things around, and we could see former Cardinal Harrison Bader in there within the next couple of weeks, that's a team that at the moment I would short. I would not be betting on the New York Yankees because usually the trend that you see entering October is what transpires on the field. So... You want to see a team continue that momentum that they had going into the postseason, and you don't want to see them fall off. And in 2009, we saw the Cardinals fall off, and then we saw a quick exit as they got swept by the Dodgers. Now, with that said, there are exceptions. In 2006, that team was fumbling all over itself as they headed down the stretch, and they had to hold off uh, the Brewers. If I'm not mistaken, maybe it was the Astros. I don't know. They beat somebody. Spezio had a triple. And Brewers. It was the Brewers, and yeah, maybe they're holding off positive. the Astros. Either way, uh, that they weren't playing really well, and then they got healthy, and then they got it going, and they won game one in San Diego, and there was no looking back. Yep. And they were heavy underdogs against the Detroit Tigers and won the World Series. So it can carry over, but this Cardinal team is in a weird spot because barring a collapse they're by somebody, whether it be the Cardinals or whether it be by the Mets and Braves, they're the number three seed. So from a team standpoint, there aren't a lot of motivations. From an individual standpoint, you have accolades that could live forever if Goldsmith were to get the Triple Crown and if Pujols were to right. hit 700. Yeah. yeah, I think there's so much to look I, like. I'm trying to remember like a time where I've been so locked into baseball, especially given where they are in the standings, in September now with football in full swing. Like I'm still like I'm really looking forward to tonight's game. The bullpen start, good chance you're going to see some Albert, maybe not in the starting lineup. Um, but to to see that, like, it's really, really awesome. And so, you know, you hope to see guys get hot and pitchers to stay. Like, if Quintana and Montgomery can be as effective as they are right now come October, that's really, really awesome. And one of them probably gets left off the starting the rotation, most likely Quintana. So, yeah, it's good problems to have right now, and you hope to see it continue. Uh, your thoughts are welcome on the topic, 65780-65780. Breaking Blues news. Breaking Blues news. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford just tweeting that a Jordan Cairo extension is expected to be done today per a source. Uh, and uh, he says, uh, Elliot Friedman tweets, and this is what uh, Rutherford, JR, uh, quote retweeted, Hearing a Cairo extension is nearing in St. Louis, not sure of exact terms, but sounds somewhat similar to the extension Robert Thomas signed earlier in the summer. Uh, and that was uh, just tweeted here within uh, the last minute by JR. So we'll see what we got on that. We'll be checking on that as we go into commercial break. I'll text JR and see what's doing and see if he has time to join us. Jordan Cairo extension expected to be done today per a source. Jeremy Rutherford just tweeting that out moments ago. So let's take a commercial break. I'll work on seeing what we can get on that and come back on the other side of the break and update you on it. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tending to some business from right before the commercial break, Jeremy Rutherford tweeting out a Cairo extension is expected to be done today. Uh, JR uh, texted Jackson during our commercial break and said he is going to be on already. He was scheduled to be on with BK and Ferrario, so you can hear the latest on that, and that is coming up within the hour on BK 
and Ferrario. Uh, so follow JR on Twitter to get the latest on the Cairo extension. And you can hear him here coming up at about 1130 on 101 ESPN. Also, we had a request for sites that track public versus sharp money. Uh, there are a variety of them. One is sportsbettingdime.com, and you can see that. So, for example, uh, right now, Jackson, uh, if you want to track the sharp money uh, already on the, uh, the the upcoming games, you can, uh, you can yeah. see that for week two. I like to look at it. It gives a... It gives good uh, information, kind of tells you where a lot of the money is, so you can kind of maybe put it elsewhere. You know, there's a difference between where the percentage of bets are going and where the money is going. It's always good to know that. And more often than not, the Sharps are taking underdogs. Yep. And the Sharps are profitable. And taking unders, too, yeah. Yeah, and unders. Public likes favorites. Public likes overs. I love betting unders. It's such a weird thing of mine, but do you watch the game if you bet the under? Yeah, I li- I love watching the clock and just tick. watching the clock tick. Oh, it's great! I re- it's you must a be weird- bored out of your mind. It's a weird thing, but I really like betting. Only like if I'm gonna be like locked in watching college or NFL football that day, like, and I like an under. Like I really enjoy like grinding it down. You know, I make this observation with my father, who, unlike you, does not watch any of the NBA, but bets every NBA game on Christmas Day. Oh, Christmas Day. I go, what do you got? As if I need to ask. Ah, the over on this. I I go, you don't know anybody who's on the floor nor anything about the team. Well, I don't want to watch the game and be cheering against anybody scoring any points, but I'm like, number one, you're not going to watch the game. Yeah. I'm not betting unders, Timmy. I'm like, all right, fair enough. I'm out. Unders in basketball is a little, it's not as fun as Oh, football. so you're going after my father? Is that what you're doing right here today? No, I'm kind of with him. I like betting overs in basketball, especially if Kevin Durant's on the floor. All right. This might be a bad question. This is from Jackson. I kind of, I have to tell you, I like this one. I'm Thank skipping you. ahead to question four, actually. Yeah, you are. But I've seen it so much recently that the thought popped in my head. Do you find it at all odd that both pro and college sports teams are constantly tweeting at each other with little gifs, jabs, and memes. I understand it helps them grow their social media presence, but it comes off as strange to me. I don't want to sound like an old man yelling at the clouds. You're 24, brah. Yeah, but this is kind of an old man take. But I can't help but think that it is strange. What do you think about it? All right, Jackson, go ahead. Why don't you, why don't you expound? It's your question. Well, I... Uh, was a sport management major at the University of Missouri. Oh, wow. And now we're going to brag about being a college graduate. Yeah, I am learned. I'm not a college graduate. Yeah. I am the proletariat. Hey, listen, different strokes t-shirt. for different folks. Some people like something. Some people some don't Some people like, like getting their last eight credit hours. Yes. Others just kind of shut her down and go to Little Rock and do TV. Right. Teach their own, Tim. But... It's my credo. Penny say, penny earn. This okay. is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. I'm in deep. I'm in deep. Clark we... W. Griswold, 1983? I think 84. But I could be wrong. Uh, either way, I we would take classes about social media and you know a lot of times we're talking and about- And what cause... would they teach you in social media classes? How to create a burner account? <laughs> No, but like how to create engagement, how to, you know, garner responses, how to oh, reach God, the most. That makes of your me fans. honestly. I feel like I can feel the bile coming up from my. Well, neither here nor there. How to create engagement? Well, you lie and you say hyperbolic crap. Yeah, I mean, there's... and that's a college course. Well, there's they didn't phrase it like that. <laughs> but that is, but that's it. Well, yeah, that's one way of looking at it for sure. And I don't think you're incorrect at all. <laughs> but, what but did the, what did the professor say? Well, it was just a, it was about what like if you are get given the social media account for a team, like 
how would you do this? How would you tweet out this? How would you tweet out that? How would you engage with other teams? And we would look at how teams did it. And so to think that like a lot of people who are my age, colleagues, are doing that exact thing for these, because it's usually someone who's younger running these accounts, and some of them might have carte blanche to do kind of whatever they want to an extent. And I, I saw the, the Steelers and the Bengals over the weekend. What were they doing? Uh, the Bengals changed their bio to what are they even stealing, but they spelled it like steel, mm. like the American steel industry. And uh, Pittsburgh then tweeted out the ball because they got so many turnovers on Joe Burrow. And it's just like, I don't, I, that's, that's what was my reaction. I was like, this just seems kind of hack and kind of like, what are we like? I don't know. I don't get it for my like, but I get that like they do it and a bunch of people like it and they get their likes and they retweet and someone who wasn't following them will then follow them. But I don't know what that necessarily gives. Like, the, do the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are the winningest franchise in the NFL, like, is, is their board meetings like we need Twitter followers? I just don't get it. I agree. I, I don't. It's, I don't even know if I would call it hack. Although I guess it, it would fall under the umbrella of hack. Right. I guess what I would say is I don't really find it creative, but yet it's working. And I say this with all due respect. I'm going back about six, seven years here. Mm -hmm. This is pre-Kimmel, Fallon, um, Colbert, late night. And the big thing was Letterman versus Leno. Mm -hmm. And I recognized that Jay Leno had the bigger following Right. From a television rating standpoint. Right. And it didn't make me angry. Because no. I didn't have to watch it. But for the life of me, I couldn't get why or how outside of, I guess this appeals to a larger number of people who just find that kind of humor to be more palatable. Sure. And at this particular moment in history, Whereas late night television isn't you know near what it was then, certainly when Johnny Carson was doing his thing before both of us, um, I guess the thing is for sports teams and or leagues or schools to be witty and take digs at other teams, other schools. I don't really know, however, what it does. Right. And by what it does is, like, by that I mean, does it lead to more dollars? I can't imagine that it does. Does it lead to more likes? Yes. But who cares? Right. That's what that. That's kind of my thought. Is like, because there's always like an. So a, we got to create engagement. In twenty years ago, I was doing TV at KMOV, and the and the thing of the moment was blogs. Now that that probably sounds like a time capsule moment for you who was five, six years old when this was going on. Right. I mean, there's people still blog, but it's I not, understand. not as prevalent. But certainly. people still fax. <laughs> it's very true. So I, I remember thinking to myself, but no, nobody in, in management is telling us what the point of it is. And we're, we're anchors and reporters, and now you're having us do something new. And since we're under contract, we're just going to do it. But you're going to piss people off because there's not a not point. Right. And you're adding an additional responsibility that we're not contractually obligated to do, but this is the game, so whatever. But the, but it was it wasn't there wasn't a me the message was well this was whatever he's doing, but what is what is being accomplished for the business and so I don't see upside, but then occasionally about once a month or so a team and then the intern who tweeted it out is always labeled as the intern even yeah. though it's probably some entry level like you right. said one of your peers right uh, who got a little too aggressive with the team's Twitter account 
and then they get whacked. Yep. And then Twitter has a day or two to sit there and hold the person accountable. And then when the team inevitably apologizes, then crap on the apology. And then the cycle begins. Yeah. I just, for the life of me, I have a friend of mine. I'm assuming I need a commercial break because now I'm go- now I'm going into podcast mode and not <laughs> FM radio you mode. Call, you got to call me. All this. right, fair enough. Friend of mine texts me. Guy retired at the age of 33. I mm. mean, it's legitimate. He's about 40 now. And he sends me this clip from a podcast. Uh, I'd love to be able to play it, but I mean, it's a it's a, like an eight-minute segment, so I could never do it on 101 where these group of guys, entrepreneurs, are talking about how brands are going to go away and content creators now are creating their own brands. See, for example, the Kardashians. See Barstool Sports. Mm-hmm. And people go, oh, I don't like Barstool. I don't like their content. That's fine. Penn Gaming just bought them. Right. Because they're using the distribution platform that the content creator has created, allow yeah. myself to introduce myself, right. uh, and then using that to market their take your pick of whatever product it is. And they were citing Mr. Beast yeah. and restaurants. Yep. And that brands will be going away unless they can hop on and acquire the content creator. And he's like, dude, with the TMA thing you have going on, you got to use social media more. And I'm like, but I hate social media. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, but you're just leaving dollars on the table. And I'm like, but I just don't want to do it. I can do it, but I don't want to do it. Yeah, Because it's just not... It's just not me. Like, I see the game. Yeah. Like, when Albert Pools hits a home run, I can tweet out platitudes, and right. I'm legitimately happy, yeah. mainly because I'm going to get $20 from you. Maybe that's short-sighted, but that's what I'm happy about. Yeah. I'm happy about Albert Pools getting a 700 run. I'm happy that my son is getting into it. Yeah. But I don't really care if my tweet gets likes. I, you, get to, you get to a point in life where you have no interest in that crap. And so... When I see the teams doing it, I don't know what the end game is. Right. There's no. I don't see the means to the end. Like if it makes them more money, then I see it. Then but it I get, doesn't. Right. That's my. So point. then I don't understand it. Right. And I. It's, but but I'm. I'm. Listen. I want to be clear. It doesn't mean that I'm right. I there may, maybe somebody can produce a metric, some kind of you know revenue sheet here right. where it says here here's how it works, but it's just like a cutesy little thing. And from my standpoint, it's just a hack. Yeah, the only thing I can see is possibly another platform to advertise on. And the bigger your follow count is, the more lucrative So, it like, is. the Steelers Twitter account's going to have an ad for erection pills now? I, I have no idea. It's not the way it's going to work, though. It, it, I, I don't know, but I, that's why I'm, like, theorizing, because there has to be an endgame to it. I would think. And see, what I'm telling you, and I, that's why I use the blog example, mm-hmm. it becomes dogma. Mm-hmm. And, well, now oh, everybody's blogging, then we got a blog. Well, well, no, a couple people got blogs that gained traction that generated revenue. But now it's like podcasts. Yeah. Every SOB has a podcast. But for every one that makes money, there are a thousand that's just like somebody talking, telling their parents they have a podcast, but, you know, nobody's listening outside of their buddies. Yeah. And it's not making a dollar. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I just don't see the point. Now, the Cardinals kind of operate straightforward. For the, the most part. kind of operate straightforward. Yeah. yeah. They, for the most part, they are very kind of tweet out and the I, scores. And I don't get angry if somebody, I don't I don't care. The, the honest answer is I don't care. But yes, you ask the, you pose the question, what do I think about it? And then you, as the 24-year-old, 
think it's hack. So that's interesting because my guess is the game is let's try to appeal to younger people and then make them fans. Right. Which yeah. then you can convert to a dollar metric. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I guess. can't imagine like the twenty five year olds like, oh, did you see the zinger the Bengals came up with? Right. Who doesn't like if someone doesn't watch football, they're not gonna start watching it because right. the Panthers like made the a Apple TikTok. TV mode with we're gonna get three people and they're younger in the broadcast booth and now people are gonna watch this game on a Friday night, even though I have nights with Yeah. It's like older people trying to get younger people. The way you get younger people is just by being or generating organic content. Yep. No, it's because what resonates is sincerity. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. And, and and there's some good parts of it, like when they do behind the scenes videos or the mic'd up stuff. Like that's really awesome. But like the the gifts and the memes, right. that's like where it's like at other teams usually. It's like yeah. Well, there's one gift that for me is an all star gift, and that's the LSU mom at the white house with the 2019 tigers as they celebrate yeah, it's undefeated. And to me, if you use that about five times a month yeah. and that's all you do on twitter you've got it all figured out time to break it's balloon party 101 espn we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn let me tell you something I would like to give an award to all of the people texting in today. Gold Wonderful star. work. Gold star. Are you kidding me? Watching the game, rooting for the under? Go get laid, you jackass. Jackson, your response. You can get laid and bet on unders. They, the two are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> but you would admit that George Clooney and DiCaprio and me are all guys betting on overs. Yeah, because you're all squares. <laughs> Fade Clooney. That's that's a new T-shirt. <laughs> uh, Tim, they're trying to win young people to the sport. I don't get it, but there's so much more to watch that they're trying to keep the youngins in uh, in in year old communication majors to write horrible witty jokes. That's from the three one four. Genuine genuine social media interactions between athletes is gold. Scripted interactions are cringe, and jokes for your aunt who uses social media. They pay twenty. Oh, that's where that year old. They pay twenty five year old communication majors to write horrible quote unquote witty jokes. That's from the six three six. There you go. Uh, I like this one. One oh one should make Jackson write an NBA blog. Make. Count me in. You are going to do it. I do blogs, podcasts, live hits, whatever you need. I honestly hope immediately they take you up on it. Seriously, I, Mike Ryder is listening. I can look at the grin on his face. Whatever you need from me. I'm all ball all the time. When you say grin on his face, I looked over there and he looked up and he's like, okay. <laughs> I would describe it more as a grimace. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who are the Bengals? Thanks. That's in the 66. Jackson has a bit of a speech impediment when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals. Right. I That's I, a band with the delightful Susanna Hoffs, yeah. and they did Walk Like an Egyptian. Uh, Prince, of course, wrote Manic Monday. People forget that. You're right, Jackson, but uh, he did. And uh, then they broke up, and Susanna Hoffs is still performing to this day. Uh, yeah, Mount Rushmore of Bengals songs. I don't know any of them, Tim. <laughs> Tick-tock, 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 Manic Monday, uh, Walk Like an Egyptian. I didn't really like it, but it was popular. Um, my Room and Eternal Flame. That's what I got. That's what I got. All right. I got Matt Rushmore, Bengals players. Okay. Uh, TJ Hushmanzada, Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, 
and Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, the law firm. So I noticed you included two different names, yeah. but the one person, and then said that's four. Right. Well, Ocho Cinco and Johnson, both. But yet the same. Yeah, the same person. person, but two different names on the back of the jersey. So I count them as two. And then, of course, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Jackson has an Olivet accent. Thanks. Hashtag Stacy Park. <laughs> they finally got you to laugh after just beating you up. They finally got you to laugh at ten fifty five. I just imagine like crossing the road to go to Creve Corps from Olivet and saying like, "Oh, look at this guy with his Olivet accent." Population seven thousand. There's an accent there. That's how it is in England, though. Liverpool and Manchester, thirty minutes apart, different accents. <laughs> Tim Piddles probably says Jaguars, too. Do you have a problem saying... Oh, as a kid, big time. What's the deal with that? I would say Jaguar all the time. Jaguar. No, Jaguar. Right, that's how I would say as a kid. Right, but then you just said Jaguar, which is a totally different thing. Right, Jaguar. But you agree with me and then say something different. It's a total medic play, and I respect it because it's confusing me, and now I'm forgetting what I'm arguing. My brain's tied to knot at the moment. Uh, Tim, Eternal Flame, good play. If she knew what she wants needs to be on that Mount Rushmore, who would have thought, and I assure you it wasn't the management at Hubbard Radio, that we would be doing a Mount Rushmore of Bengals songs because one of the people on the show can't say Cincinnati Bengals properly. It sounds but wrong. But that's what's happening. Well, that's how it's pronounced. It doesn't matter if it sounds right or wrong to you. Well, I'm going to make a movement on my both my NBA <laughs> blog and podcast. That it's going to be the Bengals from here on out. I won't take Bengals? You saying bangle? Did I get it there? Bangles? Bangles. Bangles. Right. Uh, that's. But that's it. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. That sounds like putting your left shoe on your right foot to me. Like, so that's you really have a thing here. Yeah, I, that's how I always said. Bangles. This is like me throwing the ball from second base to first base, and it was just a mental block. Yeah, uh, bangles. <laughs> how are you guys leaving Boomer Esiason off the Mount Rushmore? It's a good question. You notice a lot of my players are like from like the mid two thousands, like when I was a kid. Right. TJ Hushmanzada, great name. And he, and yet he, there he is uh, on your Mount Rushmore. Uh, this show makes me need to drink in mass quantities. Thank you. That's from the six one eight. Use that as a testimonial. All right, time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrari up next. And they have Jeremy Rutherford coming up as he is reporting. Uh, Jordan Cairo and the Blues are coming to an agreement on an extension. He'll be with the boys coming up at eleven thirty for Axon Jackson. Susanna Hoffs, and all of the Bengals. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.